I'm Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. Do you believe that you are worthy? That you're worthy of love, that you're worthy of respect, that you're worthy of being treated well? Do you believe that you're worthy of the things that you have, of the gifts you've been given, of the blessings bestowed upon you? Do you believe that you're worthy of healing? That the Lord desires for you to be healed and that he wants nothing more than to see you live an abundant and full life. I ask that question as we conclude this series on healing, not because I think you don't believe you're worthy. I would never assume that of you. I ask it because I think, I think that a lot of us struggle with this idea that we are above all else worthy of receiving God's abundant and perfect love. And we struggle to believe that we're worthy of it because various things in our life have happened, often causing deep wounds that convince us over time that we're not worthy of anything. So we're certainly not worthy of healing. And so I I ask the question because sometimes I worry that we don't actually contemplate that. We don't actually meditate upon that. Do I think I'm worthy of his love? Do I think I'm worthy of his gift of self? Do I think I'm worthy of becoming a person who has walked through fire has bled out in a variety of different ways because of these wounds and has arrived at the divine physician whose healing hand is ready to completely and totally transform me, take care of it, as it were. We wanted to wrap up this series by talking to somebody who I've, I've had the great, great joy of spending a bit of time with about our worthiness, about our awareness or our lack of awareness of what gifts the Lord wants to give us. And one of those gifts, of course, being perfect healing. I think we struggle to believe that we're worthy of this healing, again, because of all these other things that have happened in our life, but we need to hear. We can't hear it enough. This podcast could not say it enough. And so I'm going to kind of repeat myself multiple times here that we are worthy of the healing the Lord wants to give, that we often have to be the one who takes the first step to seek that healing out, and we will be met by a God who desires nothing more, desires nothing more than to give it to us. Heather Kim is an author. She's a speaker. She's a mom. She's a friend of mine. She has so much to say, so many good things to say about the way We sometimes believe we are not worthy of healing and the way that we can become convinced that we are worthy of healing and then what the Lord wants to show us abundantly and perfectly and completely. This healing series, every conversation has been a little different. Every conversation has revealed uh, a different story of healing. Every conversation has hopefully led you closer to this, this ultimate argument we're trying to make that healing is something you deserve to work for in your life. Healing is not something for merely those who can afford therapy. Healing is not just for those who go spend 10 hours in an adoration chapel every day. Healing is not just for those who have somehow convinced themselves that their wounds are so great that everybody needs to know about them. Healing is for every person, the person who's denying they have wounds in the first place, the person who doesn't know where to start, the person who begins the journey and and becomes convinced that they can't do this. Healing is for the person who started listening to these podcasts begrudgingly. Healing is for the person 
who can't wait for the next one to come out. Healing is for the person who knows Jesus is there, and healing is for the person who thinks maybe Jesus doesn't exist, and everything in between. And these conversations about healing have hopefully shown you your worthiness. These conversations about healing have hopefully given you a deeper understanding of why it is, it is good for you to seek it out. Heather Kim speaks really beautifully about this. I hope you enjoy this conversation. You can find more of what we're creating over at AveMariaPress.com. The link is down in the show notes. For now, enjoy this conversation with Heather Kim on how you are worthy and deserving of God's healing. Heather Kim, it's so great to see you. Welcome back to Ave Explores. Thank you. So good to be with you. I feel like we're on like totally opposite ends of the world because you're we are, up. Yeah, we are. We, like we are hours. <laughs> I've flown to Vancouver once before and it took me a day to get there and a day. It took me two days to get back. Like I had to spend the night at the Vancouver airport, which I've heard is beautiful, as you know. It is. And it's it is. absolutely yeah. lovely. I randomly had this random memory this morning that I watched. I had to, it's going to sound super lame and does not apply it any way, shape or form, but I had to get a VPN in Canada to be able to watch the new Game of Thrones episode the night that I stayed at that Vancouver because I couldn't get like HBO wouldn't allow it to work in Canada. Yeah, we're legitimately another country. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> and I was like, what is the cheapest way that I can watch this Game of Thrones episode tonight? So none of the, it was in the final it's season. So, so like none of the spoilers will get, you know, anyway, that's my yeah. memory of Vancouver. It's great to see you again. You as well. Thank you for taking the time. I want to get right into it because you're our final episode of the season. And, I, you know, I don't want to waste any time. Folks have spent this whole season digging into healing, talking about the healing journey, the practicals of the healing journey. We're going to get into your story of healing. But right from the get go, like, why is why is trying to become a person who has sought out healing and has been healed? Why is that even worth it? Like, why did we have these conversations? Yeah. Well, for, for me, I, I'm always drawn back to John 10, 10, where Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. Mm -hmm. And I just truly believe this is what God has impressed in my heart so deeply is that we weren't meant to just white knuckle it through life, to just cope, to just sort of like, I don't know, like mediocre, live our way through that, that Jesus really has come to offer us life. And that's not just in heaven, of course. Yes, that's fulfillment of everything and what our hearts long for. But that we can have tastes of that now, that mm -hmm. that he is a person who wants to enter into our life, into the darkness, into the mess, just as he did, came crashing into the world, into the darkness and into the mess of what was going on 2000 years ago. He wants to do that personally for each of us right now mm -hmm. so that we truly can experience him as savior, as lover, as comforter, as friend, as the way, the truth, and the life. Like mm -hmm. these are all things that he wants to become tangibly real within the context of our story, which is unraveling right now. Mm -hmm. And that's such a, that's a good word that like life is not meant to be white knuckled. And I feel like that's mm -hmm. a, Dr. Bob said at the beginning, like so many of us are just, we're, we're getting by to get by, you know, we're, we're faking it till yeah. we make it, which on the one hand is like good for you that you're just surviving, but we're called to thrive. And that, right. that word abundance matches so beautifully with healing because it is in healing a wound or in, in seeking some sort of healing from a hurt that we begin to realize like we're not defined by that wound. We're not defined by it's part of our story, but it's not the whole story. Why do people struggle to look for it or, or to even address it? Like, why do we hide from our wounds? Well, it's scary. It's super scary. Like, I mean, even in my own life, when I've come up to something that I can't escape, like there's there's a situation that is now just exploded in my life that I'm going to have to deal with. I think the fear is like that God's not going to come through or that he's not who he says he is. 
that he might come through for other people, but he's not going to come through for me. Mm -hmm. And the other part that's scary is how deep is this going to go? Like if I go down this rabbit hole, how far is it going to go? And in some ways we try to convince ourselves and maybe the enemy, you know, plays a big part in convincing us that it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's easier to live kind of a halfway life than to go down into the pain because we're afraid that there's just going to be more pain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we have to look to the cross that what we believe is that really true. Is it really true that Jesus came and suffered and died on a cross and then he rose again so that that gives us the hope that in our suffering and in our death, that there is a resurrection on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that those things, like I said at the beginning, that doesn't just pertain to heaven and our end end of our, our earthly life here, but that that is supposed to be lived out over and over and over again. The Paschal mystery lived out over and over again within our own hearts mm-hmm. and that Jesus really can set us free. And I think that's where it's like the pull of it's like, do we have faith? Do we, and I pray for that gift all the time. It's a gift that's given by God to us. It's not something that I have to muster up. Mm-hmm. I can make choices. I can use my will to choose the good that I, that I believe, but also I do pray for the gift of faith. I mean, Jesus, you know, help my unbelief here. Help me to believe that you are who you say you are mm-hmm. and that you're a rescuer and that you love me so deeply that I'm not just, you know, one, one in a million. I'm not just like the face of the entire world, like a nameless person, but that you deeply care about me, mm-hmm. that you care about my story, that you know me and that you're coming for me. That's the gift that I think all of us need to pray for is that kind of faith. Yeah, I mean, it is to go on a healing journey to address a wound is an act of faith. It's inherently hopeful, I think, right? That like we know that there will be good. It's not just poking at the wound for the sake of draining the pus or making it bleed. Like it's poking at the wound because you want to dig out all the dead flesh. This is getting gross, but like, and and letting Mm -hmm. that, that new skin form, letting the scar which you'll, you'll, it'll be with you forever, but now you're able to look at it and see all of it fully. Do- Dr. Bob said something in the first episode about how a person has reached a point of healing. It's never done, but has reached a point of healing when they're able to tell the whole story from start to finish without essentially making themselves bleed again. Like they can, mm-hmm. they can walk through it and the different parts. Mm-hmm. And we want to get to that place. We have a hope that we can get to that place. It's still really hard to start that process I think mm-hmm. because, like you said, it's scary. I think also because we know that it's going to impact our greater life. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we like our wounds. Like we like holding on to them because we've created these coping mechanisms that make us feel good, even if it's just a temporary thing. And mm-hmm. so that becomes the new familiar reality. And so we just kind of mm-hmm. persist in this this gunk and this junk and this false reality that we've created for ourselves. In your own journey of healing, in your own story of healing, which I'd love it if you'd share it with us. How have you seen yourself doing that? How have you seen other people doing that? How has it impacted the, you know, the greater circles that you are part of? Can you share with us that story? Well, I think even the narrative that we tell ourselves that it's like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm over it. We just got to get over it. Got to get over it. It's like a, we keep often we're telling ourselves a narrative that it, that helps us cope with the, with the brokenness and the lack of resolution and the pain and the whatever that we feel. And I think shifting the narrative to really listening to like, what is God's narrative that he, the story that he wants to write over our life, because for sure, all of us have experienced woundedness. It might be, I mean, extreme pain and it might be, you know, something that seems insignificant, but 
in my experience, that that's sort of where I came before God is that I honestly had dissociated so much from the pain in my life that I thought my life was relatively fine. And I had good parents. And even if I had experienced pain, I was fine. You know, I was fine. That's what I was saying. I, I have it better than most people. And I kept diminishing the wounds that I'd experienced because it's not as bad as so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And it's not as bad as people who have been sexually abused or experienced like deep, deep, deep trauma, even though gosh, Katie, I had experienced deep trauma. I just hadn't come to grips with it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, but still I kept diminishing it and just saying like, I, I just need to be grateful for what I have. And it seemed ungrateful in a way to sort of like dive in and uncover this. And what Jesus said to me in my prayer essentially was that Heather, I, I love you. And if something is painful for you, that's what I want to heal. Like mm-hmm. you cannot compare your wounds to another. We're not going to start there. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with you and me and I see you. And I see the places that are in pain Mm -hmm. and I want to heal you. Mm -hmm. And just that, like the voice of the loving God meeting us in a personal way so that we don't have to diminish. And, and I think that's where the hope comes in. I always think of the story of uh, Thomas standing before Jesus and Jesus is like, put your hand into my wound. And and there's a beautiful, I think it's Caravaggio, Mm -hmm. whereas Thomas is like putting his finger into the wound of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And so that image kind of switched for me in my prayer where I felt like Jesus was putting his finger in my wound. And at first it was like, ah, like get your finger out of there. Like, you know, through circumstances, I felt like he was poking at the wound. And over time and through the experience of healing, I've realized that that hand is a hand of love. Mm. And his hand doesn't come to just poke at a wound, to irritate us, to shame us, to make us feel like we're not good enough or we're not doing what we should, but it's a hand that heals. It has the power to heal. And so now I'm, I'm more welcome of that hand, of that touch, of that poke that comes because it's it's love. It's a hand of love mm-hmm. that is coming for me to rescue me and set me free. So in my own healing journey, I think, you know, like I said, for a long time, I just thought, hey, you know, I have a pretty good family and stuff happens to everybody. And that was kind of the story. And I didn't want to think about it much anymore. What really happened is that I got married. I think Jake and I have shared some of this story mm-hmm. just even on one of your other shows. And, you know, our marriage started falling apart because he had an addiction to pornography that came into the light and it was just so devastating for both of us. But he wanted to start a healing journey. And in that journey, that's where it's like the rubber meets the road. It's like, God, I can't fix this. I, I don't know how to solve this. Jake can't fix this. He's been trying to for for years on his own. You know, so we actually need you to come through with like power and might and healing and miracles like this is what we need and beginning that process meeting with counselors fasting praying mentorship accountability like there was several elements to the healing journey it Mm -hmm. wasn't just praying alone saying Jesus come and heal me although that can work too you know that that happens too but for us it was a process of cooperation and entering into a journey of healing Mm. And Jake, you know, over the course of like a few years, he was set free from that addiction and had a miraculous healing in his life, which then brought healing in my life because trust began to be restored and safety and security in the relationship, you know, our bond began to build again, which I thought would never happen. So I was seeing this miracle happen before our eyes. And this is when I, when it just the penny dropped for me and I realized my whole life I've been Catholic. I've been going to church. I believe in God. I've actually been in ministry for a long time. I studied theology at Steubenville. And I'm only saying this, not yay me, but like I was really involved, like in my Catholic Mm -hmm. faith. And I didn't know that Jesus could set us free on this side of heaven. I didn't know he wanted to. I didn't know he could. I thought like the tapes of like the voices I hear in my head, not like I'm a crazy person, but you know, we all have them of like the narrative, the negative thought process that I'm no good. I People are going to just walk away from me. I'm disappointing eventually, like whatever it might be for you. Like I, 
I'm going to fail, like all of those voices in our heads, that it does not have to be that way mm-hmm. for the rest of our life. Jesus can set us free from all of it. And obviously the culmination is in heaven. And yes, there's going to be some things that it doesn't happen right now. And it's a, it's a process along the way, but it is a journey worth pursuing mm-hmm. because he is a God of freedom. And this is who we are. Like this is, we are a resurrection people and mm-hmm. hallelujah is our song. That's mm-hmm. JP too, you know, says mm-hmm. that. And it's like, if we're not living that and pursuing that, then what are we living? Yeah. You know? We're just living a life of mediocrity without trust and hope in, in, in a God who really is who he says he is. I mean, I've already said that like four times, but I, I think for me, that's where it comes back to. This is the kind of God we have. He's good. He cares. He's a father, you know, all of that. You said something that in my head, it was like healing turns us into the people that we're meant to be. And it's not that the wounds made us less ourselves. It's that the wounds convince us that we are less than. And we live in that, that false narrative. And healing, the healing hand of God says, no, no, this is actually who you are. Not the stuff yeah. that happened to you, not the stuff that you even did to yourself, but this reality with me. And I, that jump, it's so hard to make because it's almost like we convince ourselves, yeah, but it wasn't that bad. You know, we play the suffering Olympics. Okay. Well, that person lost their child or that person lost their home or that person, you know, that every, every other thing that other people are dealing with, because I think on the one hand, we feel bad. On the other hand, we feel guilty. If, if we feel bad about our own woundedness on the third Mm -hmm. hand, we know that if, if we realize that we're dealing with something, then we actually have to address it or we're just Mm -hmm. living a lie, but we like our lies. It's, it's all of it. And, and, Mm -hmm. The church provides, I'm, I'm convinced of this, the church provides the best bridge into this understanding of, no, but I am actually worthy of that healing hand and becoming mm-hmm. who God wants me to be. You mm-hmm. mentioned the story with your husband, which you have told, I believe it was in our, was it our Advent series? Was it our Mass? I forget what, Lent? I think it was Lent. We've done a lot of these episodes. <laughs> I don't know. It's been, yeah. I, I interview a lot of people yeah. and sometimes I can't keep it straight. But it's somewhere yeah. in the Ave Explorers feed. And it, y'all, y'all tell that story very beautifully. Jake tells his side of the story. You tell your side of the story. But I want to get into one particular part of the story. And mm-hmm. that is, you knew your husband was looking for healing. Yeah. And shares that with you. What's going on in your head during that? Like, was there a sense of, and I mean, I don't, I don't want to pull the veil back any more than you want to pull it back. But like, was there a sense of like, I'm not enough? Was there a sense of, did I cause this in some way? Did that bring to light in in your head and in your heart other moments where it felt abandonment and betrayal? And so like, there's just this wave of suffering. Bring me into Heather's head at that moment. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, even you saying like, only like, I don't want to pull the veil back too much. and, And here's what I can say about, and this expresses something about healing. I can share anything with you Mm -hmm. about that time because it doesn't hurt anymore Mm -hmm. because God truly has healed and restored that part of my, Mm -hmm. my journey and Jake as well. And so those wounds are are supposed to be like Christ's wounds where they, Mm -hmm. they no longer hurt, but they become a sign of glory, a sign of God's Mm -hmm. glory, a sign of his love, a testimony of his love, you know? And so, yeah, when, when all of that went down, so we had been married for two years, I was still in a blissful state, you know, two Franciscan university kids, like working at a church, like just living the dream, you know, we're, we had a great, a great life. And we had just had our first child. Mm -hmm. She was like a month old, you know, or two months old or something like that. I remember thinking like a few weeks before that, I was like, I said to Jake in a parking lot, do you think we're, you know, still like 
in a state of bliss, like not really, you know, it's not really like real, like the penny hasn't hit yet. And, I, and, and I just thought, I, I just, I just feel like we've shared everything, you know, and then just a few weeks later, he comes out with this confession and, and that he had been struggling with this addiction to pornography for a long time. And, you know, a lot of that, it didn't start, it's not, it wasn't his fault at the beginning, you know, it started when he was a young child and it just unraveled in his life. But for me, when he told me that, it was like my heart just fell into my shoes. It was like the blood drained out of my face. Like I'm just sitting there staring at him like, no. Like it was like the worst. Anything else. Betrayal. You know, the betrayal of our vows, the Mm -hmm. betrayal of our love, of the fidelity that I thought we were both living, which then it caused me to start to question everything about him. Who is this guy? What other secrets does he have? How deep does this go? What was he looking at? You know, it was like all the things that started to like roll through my mind, which was so scary. Mm. I was just mostly scared, you know, but there was also stuff that I felt like God was, now I've journeyed with a lot of women through this. So yes, there is the total broad spectrum of emotions, everything from I'm not good enough to I'm the reason that he's looking at this stuff and, and I don't measure up and all of that stuff. But there was something that God had placed in my heart that was like, this is not about me. Mm. And I don't know why. It was just like a grace mm-hmm. of the moment that that I'm not the reason that this happened, mm-hmm. you know, or that he's been struggling with this, but I do have a choice. And I think for me, the hardest part was staying connected and not just distancing myself. And mm-hmm. I think that's our reaction a lot for many of us. Like some of us can fight and some of us flight. And I was a flight. I was like, get me out of here. Like mm-hmm. I just want out. And so my work of healing was staying, like staying mm-hmm connected to the journey and connected, I guess, open to Jake. Now that openness looked very different. We slept in separate rooms for a while. There was like room for Jake to be healed for, Mm -hmm. there was a process of like restoring trust again that needed to occur of like reconnecting Mm -hmm. of pursuing the relationship of all of those things that had to occur. But I think for me, yeah, the biggest part was like, will I be open Mm -hmm. to healing? Mm -hmm instead of shut down, closed, cold-hearted. And that's normally how I deal with life. That's a protective measure. It's right. just like, don't hurt me anymore. And so my process of healing was that, was God warming the cold places of my heart mm. to be loved again, to open, to trust again, to yeah. trust other people. And that's for many of us, the journey, right? Is like, we have a lack of trust in people who have hurt us. And then that that bleeds over into kind of like all our relationships. Mm-hmm. But other than that story, I think probably the most significant healing moment in my life had to do with my relationship with my brother. Mm-hmm. And so when we were kids, he had experienced a lot of trauma in his life too. And and Sister Miriam says this all the time and, and I agree with it. It's like hurt people will hurt people. Yeah. That's very true. And I think about that in my own life. When I'm hurt, I usually will tend to hurt people, whether it's through side comments or like a little dig here and there. It's like pain just starts. It's got to come out somewhere. And that's the illusion, right? Is that we think, hey, I've dealt with this or I'm shoving it under the surface. It's coming out. It's coming out in all of our relationships. It's coming out in how we love or allow ourselves to be loved and how we interact or trust or whatever it might be. It's coming out. Mm -hmm. That's the illusion is that the enemy says, oh no, you're just fine. (laughs) We are not fine. Like it is coming out all over the place, whether we can see it or not. Usually other people can see it. So anyway, in this relationship, my brother just got really involved in the occult and it was a very scary, dark time. And all of this was happening in our house and I was the youngest one. And, you know, my mom didn't know the extent of what was going on. She was a prayer warrior and she was praying like crazy for the conversion of my brother. Um, But I was the one that was like experiencing this traumatic relationship of um, psychological and spiritual abuse. And I was praying so much. I was like, God, 
please come and help me. Please. I'm just a kid. You know, I'm like, I'm like 11 years old. Mm. I'm like, please, God, please. And I'm like, so scared. I wouldn't sleep through the night. And, and the lie that came in was that God was far away watching me suffer Mm. and he could intervene, but he wasn't going to. Mm. And I was just alone. And so when a lie like that gets in your hearts, which I would venture to say, all of us have one, two, three, I don't know how many, but we at least have one, one big one that has come through, through a situation, a trauma, a story of pain in our life. And usually it's from when we're young. And that lie tends to take a root. It's like it just festers throughout. It's like the roots just start to spread all throughout our life as we grow. Stranger thing. And what that lie, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Totally. And so what that lie looked like for me is as I grew was like, God might not come through. So I'm going to have to take care of it. I'm going to have to protect my family. I'm going to have to protect my friends. I'm going to be the strong one that's going to take care of everything. Basically, it's like, well, I'll step into the shoes of God and and try to take care of everything just because he might not come through. It was like, I didn't know. And also evil seemed way bigger than God. And so as, as I grew in life and my responsibilities grew, now I have children, now I have a husband, now I have a community, now I'm in leadership in the church and I am carrying the weight mm-hmm. of God on my shoulders. And of course I got crushed under it. I got absolutely crushed. So I started having anxiety, depression, like my body is starting to have like all these physical impacts. And you know what I thought? I thought I was sick and probably had a tumor or something because I didn't know that any of this had to do with this wound mm-hmm. a long time ago. And I think that's the state that most of us find ourselves in is like, we can't make sense of why we are the way we are, why things are happening, why diff- relationships are so difficult sometimes, why communication is so hard, why we feel so much rejection or insecurity or whatever it is. So we're going through life and we're just like responding and reacting and feeling all of these things. And we haven't taken the time to really look at like, what's my story? Mm. what's happened to me, the good and the bad? What are the main messages that I took from this? And then allow ourselves time to invite Jesus into those places where there's lies to speak the truth. So this began another personal healing journey for me that really rocked my entire world, Mm. my entire perception of God so I was getting crushed under the weight of all this. I'm having physical symptoms. I think I'm probably going to die. <laughs> you know, it's like no underestimation of it. I was really suffering. Like I couldn't drive for weeks at a time because I was so dizzy. I was oh. seeing a neurologist. All of the, like it really took a massive toll on me. Yeah. And I, I met with a neurologist and he said to me, well, there's nothing wrong with you. And I said, <laughs> that's not." <true. laughs> I kind of laughed. I was like, yeah, no. Yeah, like you don't understand what my daily world looks like. And he said, well, I think it's um, stress. And I, and I laughed again yeah. out loud. And it's like I when said, a doctor no. says that, you're like, you're just not listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, drink more water. That's what it seemed like. And I was like, um, <laughs> you don't understand like how much I'm suffering. And he said, I don't think you understand how powerful stress is. And, and so then I was faced with a, well, if there's nothing physically wrong, then something else is wrong. And this is where I really delved into the spiritual life, you know, and I met with a priest friend and we started to pray deeply into some of these places. And God ever so tenderly revealed this like root of of where this wound came in, this disbelief that he was going to come through for me, that he was taking care of me, that I could trust him. Mm -hmm. And so everything was on me, self-reliance, like to an extreme, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think we all struggle with that to varying degrees, but it was like my mouth was professing, Jesus, I believe in you every single Sunday. And I would say the creed and all of that. Mm-hmm. But practically speaking, I was like a practical atheist. Mm. Like in that I didn't 
believe that God was who he says he was, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think this is another struggle that many of us have is like in our practical moments of life, is it the faith we prof- we profess? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the journey that we all are on. And so I don't say any of this with like a look at how bad you are, where you're not at, or how mm-hmm. far you have to go. It's like, hey, let's just come to grips with with what we're struggling with yeah. so that we can invite Jesus in. Anyway, this healing journey uh, just sort of like began. And I had some people pray with me. Jesus came in in such a powerful way. And it sounds like it was in a moment and it kind of was, but there was like a two to three year buildup of coming to this moment of me being so desperately just like on my knees and finally giving up and saying, I can't do this, Lord. And when Jesus came into this place, I experienced such a profound healing that all of my physical symptoms went away. All the anxiety went away. It was like instantaneous, the dizziness, the, all, all of it went away. And I, I think the biggest part though, is that God restored my ability to see him. Mm-hmm. even in the past, yeah. even in the wounds that I wasn't alone back there when I was 11, that he was there, mm-hmm. that he was sheltering me from so many things and that he wanted to use the pain that had occurred in my life to bring freedom to others. So, you know, now I have a charity, it's called Life Restoration Ministries. We work with people to help bring healing and freedom in their life. And mm-hmm. and I'm like, look at God, what you're doing. Like this story that you were writing this whole time mm-hmm. was that I came into a place where, where darkness was the wound. And now you are asking me to help people with you, you know, set people free from darkness. And I'm like, this is what God wants to do. He wants to take the broken places of our story and he wants to make them into something so beautiful. The enemy wants to keep us locked in the darkness and he wants that to fester and to be recreated throughout all the relationships in our life, the pain that we experience to just keep unraveling in every relationship that we have. God wants to heal and restore the wound and actually turn it into a catalyst to bring other people's freedom, healing, restoration. So, you know, I've heard stories of people who have experienced like deep sexual abuse and now they're working for freedom for people who are you know have experienced that or who are involved Mm -hmm. in sex trafficking and stuff and it's like what is the story that god wants to write over your life and set you free from so that you can be a catalyst for his healing his light his freedom in the lives of other people Mm -hmm. and this isn't just for me because i have a podcast and i'm in ministry this is for everybody Mm-hmm. This is for the mom who's at home with little kids thinking like, I, all I'm doing is like wiping things. Like I don't really have a mission or whatever. So it's like, much wiping. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so much wiping, you know, or, or the dad who's like, just like slogging away at a job that he doesn't like. I mean, this freedom is for all of us mm-hmm. and the ripple effect of one person choosing to allow Jesus to come in and heal their wounds. We have no idea mm-hmm. how many people that will impact. And this is what the world needs. As much as wounded people wound people, healed people will heal people yeah. because that's what God is about. He's about a multiplication, just like with the the loaves and the fish. It's like we bring him little wounds. He can multiply it into a massive healing force mm-hmm. in, in the world around us. And I truly do believe that the ripple effect is way bigger than you and me. You're sitting here and I'm taking copious notes telling this story. And I know I joked about Game of Thrones at the beginning of this episode, but we're currently in the midst of watching House of the Dragon, which is the new Game of Thrones series. Oh, okay. And the whole premise is that there's this family that's, you know, ruling the known world. And there's this deep festering wound within them that they're going to lose their power. And so as a result of this lie, they then rule in this tyrannical, evil way. Hmm. And like you're talking here and I'm sitting and you're saying like if freedom can set people free in a society, so too can woundedness 
cripple a society because we absolutely we operate out of the wound. We hate the people around us. We question the people around us. We doubt that anybody's got anything good to offer us. We we jockey for positions. <clears throat> we're competitive. If we know that about ourselves and we're hearing this and we're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, like I'm doing all those things or I've experienced all those things or like I've had the doctor look at me and say, just drink more water. And I'm like, no, no, it's got to be something <laughs> other than that. Like I'm drinking plenty of water and I still feel crummy. Mm-hmm. If the healing can actually change our brains, change our families, change our world, I still keep coming back to this idea, then why are we not doing it? Like, why are we not screaming this from the rooftops more? Why do people sometimes hesitate to share their healing journey? It's almost like you wear a therapy like a badge, but then also you're like, I don't want to rub it in people's faces that I found this freedom because like we don't want to brag about it. But yet, like Christ literally commands us to share the gospel. And the gospel includes this message of, I want to step into your life and transform it. And that includes healing from these lies that you're carrying, that that you're operating out of. I want to go back to Heather as a child and, and like Jesus Christ invites himself into this moment and you don't even necessarily know it. And the Heather who realizes this wound later in life and realizes, uh, you know, I, I'm healing from this. And kind of the the integration that you found like that, that wound is, is it's healed, but it's, it's always a memory. Memory yeah. is a very, very powerful thing. And we can tell yes. that the healing is you arrive at a place where I can tell the whole story because it is no longer actively bleeding. It is now a scar and I can look upon it and I know what happened. Yes. Um, I, I heard my therapist told me when I, I lost my job in 2017, my therapist told me I wasn't allowed to talk about it publicly for five years because mm. it's going to take a minimum of five years for you to even get to a place where you're even close to healing. And we're like almost seven years in and I'm like, I still don't really talk about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know I'm not actually there. But you've clearly found an integration of, I can talk about this then mm-hmm. and, and experience it, but be in this healed moment now. And mm-hmm. I want you to share with people how worth it that is. You have shared with us like what this means and this freedom, but a lot of people doubt that they're worthy of it or that they deserve it. Or that, you know, mm-hmm. like their story is even mm-hmm. worth sharing a small part of. I think mm-hmm. we have to be convinced of it. So I, I'm essentially asking you to make a sales pitch <laughs> for <laughs> for the healing journey, in addition to all the other beautiful things that you've shared. Yeah, I mean, honestly, as you're talking, like I can just even feel emotion like welling up. Like mm-hmm. it's it's weird. Like just how passionately I feel about this for people. Mm-hmm. It's like we're walking around breathing out of one lung. Like we're just, it's halfway. Everything is halfway. And this is not what we were made for. We were made to live, to get the fullness out of life, to like a big juicy orange, to bite into it and let the juice just drip down our face. Mm -hmm. Like this is how we're supposed to experience life. And all of it's like the difficulty, the pain, the sorrow, but the joy, like that all of it works together. Like, like it says in the Bible that, that God works all things together for good for those who love him. So that even the pain Mm -hmm. becomes beautiful. This is like some of the theology of the Catholic church, which is just absolutely stunning is redemptive suffering. Cause I'm talking about healing, but obviously there's places like I'm suffering right now in various places. And and some of them are long sufferings. I keep praying. I keep going to Jesus. And, you know, I've realized healing isn't the goal, actually. It's it's intimacy mm. with him. Mm. Even the journey is worth it. Even if I don't see the end uh, on this side of heaven, that some things will only happen when we get to heaven, full healing. It's still worth it in the journey because it's there in my poverty and my 
in my brokenness, in my painful places, that Jesus allows himself to be seen by me as who he is. Like I said at the beginning, that he truly becomes not just a comforter, but my comforter. Mm. He's my strength. He's my Lord. He's my friend. He's the one who will never leave me. Like he's faithful to me, you know? And like, oh my gosh, like Mm. for us to have an experience of the living God who, yes, brings out stars and creates the magnificent galaxies, but is also so close to me and will never leave me. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like that bleeds into everything in our life. Mm -hmm. When you have that as like your security, it changes your understanding of who you are in the deepest part of your identity that I belong to God. Mm -hmm. This matter, does this matter? We hear this echoed in the scriptures, right? It's like neither death nor life nor principalities nor blah, blah, blah will ever separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, the journey is worth it, mm-hmm. even if you never see the end. But I would venture to say in many places of our, in our life, we will see the fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's right Psalm now. 23. Yeah, That's Psalm 23, right? It's like, I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm. And and that's, I mean, we just got to pray for that for others and for ourselves. And I think it's easier to pray for others than pray for ourselves. You know, my dad when I was in the senior in high school, he um, was diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin's large cell lymphoma. He was given two months to live. It was in his bone marrow and his blood, it, tumors all throughout his abdomen and his lymph nodes. It, it was just everywhere, all throughout his body. And one night he was laying in the cancer clinic and he picked up a Bible and read the story about the healing of the leper. And he put the Bible down on his chest and he just said, God, if it's your will, I just ask that you would heal me of this cancer. And give me good health. And he said to me later, he said, I've never prayed for myself Mm. because I didn't think I was worthy of asking God for anything. Mm. I was fine. Other people needed it more than me. And in that moment, God rushed into his body with a miraculous force. And the next morning when he went to get all the tests done to see if there was anything else they could do, they came back and said, Mr. McGuire, all the tumors are gone. He was miraculously healed Mm -hmm. of his cancer. And he's living next door and alive and well right now, you know, next to me. <laughs> He's so <still> kicking. <laughs> it's like on one hand, I go, yeah, it's the journey. It's the process. And sometimes God does come in in a moment and sets us free, but it's because he asked. Mm. What if he didn't ask? I've wondered that, you know, what if he didn't ask? Mm-hmm. And he just sat there and let it all happen. I mean, he wouldn't be here probably, mm-hmm. but he asked. Yeah. So I just think we need to come before God in our poverty. This is always the story of the gospel is that, he welcomes the weak. Mm-hmm. He loves the weak. He's drawn to our weakness. So to just come to him in our weakness and just say, Jesus, please, please heal me. Mm-hmm. And so some people might be like, is it really that easy? And I would say, um, usually, no, it's not. There's more to it than that. And, you know, counselors are really good. And we need people who will journey with us. Like, that's the practical side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote a book called Abide. This isn't a plug for the book, but it's like, I'm trying to help explain here's some practicals along uh, in the journey. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bob Schutz wrote a great book called Be Healed. Sister Miriam wrote a wrote a great book. There's, there's help out there that will provide a pathway for healing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not the pathway. Jesus is the way, like he says it, you know, but it's like, here's some practical things that can help in the healing journey. And I do believe that, like I'm going to counseling again right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting my world rocked again. Like there's mm-hmm. certain areas that God's just going deeper, just pulling a thread right through. And he's like, Heather, I want to set you free again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, the lavish love of God. Yeah. So yes, I want to encourage people to Open wide the door. 
mm-hmm. to Jesus. I, I have so many. <laughs> I have so many more questions, but we're almost at our time. <laughs> I've got so many notes. I'm going to have to like publish all my handwritten notes with the quotes from this because they're so good. We've asked every guest this season to go back to the first moment where they realized they were in need of healing. And if you can encounter that, then Heather. And give her a piece of advice, which is that, of course, the advice that you're giving to everybody else on the beginning of a healing journey or even in the midst of it. You know, we've got an escalator yeah. ride at DFW up up the escalator. What is that that information that you want to give that that one nugget of wisdom for the person starting this journey? Yeah, I think what I would say to myself is, you know, it's funny. I had this experience where my daughter, I, I have kids. So when my daughter turned 11, she was standing in the kitchen. And I just looked over at her one day and it struck me. That's how old I was mm. when some major wounds happened with my brother in my life. And I looked at her and I just thought, she's so little. Mm. She's just so little. Like she didn't, what if she went through that? Like, and it gave me compassion for myself as a kid, like going through some of these things because we can rationalize it as an adult. And I think if I were to talk to myself then, I would just say, Heather, don't be afraid. Because I was so afraid of so many things. I was so, so afraid. And to anybody who's like, yeah, thinking about the healing journey, I would just say, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. And, and that's Jesus's words over and over again. Be not afraid. Like the God of love wants to come to us mm-hmm. and accompany us. Not just come in at the end, not just save the day at the end, but he wants to walk with us through it all mm-hmm. right down to the bottom and come right back up again into a place of resurrection and healing. Is it okay if I just pray for everybody right now? I'd love Katie, that. Is that okay? Yeah, we'd love to end the just podcast before we wrap way. up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we just thank you for the gift of freedom that you have won for us, the healing that you desire for us, that, that you are a God that wants us to live life to the fullest. Jesus, you know what is happening in the hearts of each person listening right now. And God, I ask that you would come and meet them where they are in their place of deepest need in the places of doubt, in the places of fear. And Jesus, I ask that you would pour out the gift of faith, the faith that you are who you say you are, that you are a God who can heal and restore, that you are a miracle working God. And I pray that you would lay out a pathway of freedom and healing for each of us that leads us closer to you, that we can live the full life. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heather, thank you so much for your for your wisdom, for your vulnerability. You get your chance to plug now. You have a book. You uh, <laughs> you are on social media. You uh, have a podcast. Yeah. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah. So the book is called Abide. You can get it through Ave Maria Press or Amazon or your local Catholic bookstore. And it's called Abide, A Pathway to Transformative Healing and Intimacy with Jesus. And it is a very practical book. So I hope that blesses people. Also, yeah, Abiding Together podcasts with my two great friends, Sister Miriam James Highland and Michelle Bensinger. We're taking a break right now, but we have like, I don't know, 11 seasons There's of a lot. stuff and <laughs> studies and whatever. And we want people to get together and meet together and and listen together so they can get it there and then yeah instagram facebook i'd love to connect with people and yeah thanks for having me yeah thank you this was a great way to end our season i really appreciate you taking the time my pleasure i said it at the beginning of the season that i i kind of struggled a bit with this topic at first i struggled a bit with wanting to talk about healing And it's not, I I didn't struggle 
because I didn't want to talk about it. I, I struggled because part of me thought, well, this is kind of the buzzword of the day. Everybody's talking about healing. Why do we need to talk about it too? And as I conducted all these conversations over the past few months, and then as I went back and listened to all of them so I could do the intros and outros for the show, and as I chatted with our guests after the fact, and as we continued to create this content, something became very clear to me. It's that we can't talk about healing enough. These 12 conversations that we've given to you in this podcast are are literally just a scratching of the surface. We are, we are water skiing and there is so much that you can do to continue to scuba dive into this topic. Hopefully, hopefully, it is my hope and my prayer that these conversations have sparked something within you, a desire to seek out therapy, a desire to talk to a professional, a desire to sit down with your family and share with them the wounds that you're carrying, uh, a desire to run to the Adoration Chapel and talk to the Lord about what's going on in your head and your heart. My hope is that these conversations were a launch pad for you. We're a launch pad for you to seek the healing that Heather just told us so beautifully, we deserve to find. The healing that the Lord longs to give to us. If you enjoyed this series, we'd be really grateful if you'd share it with folks. Just a simple link. Hey, this podcast episode was good. We enjoyed it in our household. Hey, I, I liked this article. Hey, you should go listen to this conversation with that person. We'd love it if you'd share it with folks. That's how the podcast spreads. We are are knocking on the door of 300,000 downloads of this little show of ours, and we're so proud of that. So please share it with folks. Give it a rating and a review and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. That gets the show out there to more people. Again, hopefully something that will be helpful to them. Ultimately, just thank you so much for taking the time to be with us this season. We're so proud of what we've made and we hope that it's been helpful and healing for you. You have to stay tuned. We have an Advent series launching uh, in a little less than a month or so. Advent begins next month and we will be walking through Sister Miriam James Heidland's beautiful new Advent reflection book, Behold. We'll have conversations with Sister Miriam, Michelle Benzinger, Father Josh Johnson, and Rachel and Jason Bullman. So we hope you subscribe to this show and subscribe to our emails that will tell you when everything is going to be available to you. Just a, a little help for you during the Advent season. You can find a link to Behold down in the show notes so that you can grab your copy now. Do not wait. It will sell out. We're so glad that you've been with us this season. We can't wait to see you next season. Thanks for being with us on Ave Explorers. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.